0: This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates exclusive collection available at investAtheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. On there,
1: sugar. You're listening to Tweet Talk, yes! a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. Now it's time to break down these financial concepts with your hosts, Mr. Time Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Let's do it. Tweet talk (laughs) episode thirty two, slit episode OJ man. (laughs) I was thinking Magic Johnson, but all right, I like both,
2: either one. Yeah, no glove. And tonight, you know, as always, it's Raphael and Charles. And tonight we have a special guest, Anthony Hartzog of the Hartramony, as they call themselves on um, HG. How are you doing tonight, Anthony?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me tonight.
2: Yeah, man. So Anthony will be speaking at the Black Man Building Wealth Virtual Conference. So we had to bring him on. Tell us real quick what you you plan to speak on.
0: So um, my goal is to help black men learn about financial freedom and learn about the importance of getting out of debt. And, you know, I love the fact that we are all, you know, building things, but I feel like getting out of debt and building your future beyond that goes just above just what you're doing on a nine to five basis and also building your income outside your nine to five is very important. So just grinding outside your day jobs, man. Uh, Cool. Cool. I I would say
1: the dopest part about the dopest part about the story. I always talk about this is like, They didn't pay down their debt by just, like, tightening their belt. They did it by kind of, like, expanding their belt, (laughs) if you could say so. I think that's so dope. Because so many people, they focus on Dave Ramsey method, like, oh, I just got to, like, eat beans and rice, beans and rice, instead of just using the extra, like, 40, 50 hours that you have out there to go get another bag. So super dope. And then they keep the
0: bag after they pay the debt off. So... That's lit. a that's a major part of it too, man. Just keep maintaining that bag and making sure you keep growing it.
2: Yeah. So, Anthony, tell the listeners real quick, um, a little bit of the story.
0: Yeah. So, um, my name is Anthony Hartzog. I'm a director of um, IT at a um, IT consulting firm here in Dallas. Um, me and my wife, we paid off $114,000 of debt in 23 months. That's a major part of our story. And the bigger part of it was that we didn't do that by cutting back expenses extremely we did that by raising our income over twenty thousand dollars a year um year over year for the two years that we did it and we did that just by working outside our jobs man My sorry my dog is (laughs) so we did that stop get out of here we did that by um raising our income outside of our nine to five jobs and that's the biggest part of our story you know you hear a lot of people talking about you know cutting back you know they were talking about eating rice and beans but we still ate out. We still traveled. We still went to brunch. We still had our avocado toast, which they talk about millennials, you know, <laughs> eating too much of that. So that's a big part of our story, not just cutting back, but also raising our income.
2: Cool. 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 So you guys have a website or is
0: it just um, the social media? Um, just our social media right now. I did have a blog, MrGalitaDebt.com, but I couldn't blog every single week. That was, that was becoming, <laughs> it, was, it was a challenge doing that. But right now, um, all of our links are on our Instagram page, um, our consulting, our cleaning business as well, um, just our debt-free course. So everything can be found under our Heart to Money page on Instagram.
1: So now they got streams. So one success led to multiple streams. So they have the consulting, they have the cleaning company, of course. They also have their course online. They also have what – other, what other streams do you guys have going on these days?
0: So, yeah, we have the right now. Our biggest stream is a cleaning business. That's we've been doing that for two years, Mace to Match in Dallas, Texas. Um, That's our biggest stream right now. Um, Month over month, we've been bringing in um, total revenue about 20K a month for the past three, and hopefully this year brings in about 250K. Um, All that's not take home, obviously. There's a lot of expenses incurred, but we're not out there cleaning houses. So, we're hopefully that grows into a full-time job where my wife can manage that from home. So that's our biggest goal for 2020 right now.
1: I know um, you guys do some Airbnb or do you guys do cleaning for Airbnb? How does that work?
0: So yeah, we um we also manage Airbnbs under our cleaning service. And that came about um, given the fact that we were already in these homes cleaning them. We had, Not us physically, but our teams were cleaning these homes. And we said, you know what, we could offer another stream of Income for ourselves is also another headache off of the um, owners of the place. So, what we did was, um, one weekend we went, um, we had our tech go to a house, our cleaning tech, and she said, Hey, this house needs a new light bulb. And we hit up the owner of something like that, it's like, Yo, your house needs a light bulb, we could do that for you. And she's like, How much do you charge? And I was like, Wait, we can actually charge for this. So, um, <laughs> that turned into us managing Airbnbs for our um, residential cleaning owners. So, um, we manage, uh, I think six Airbnbs right now on top of the cleaning. So we charge them to the clean, but we also charge them a retainer fee per month to, um, to manage the property. So there's like a property manager, you know, you may have months where you have to send somebody out there, but we've been managing Airbnbs for about three, four months. Now and we had to go to a property once. So that's easy reoccurring income right there each month.
1: So major key and that is finding things that you can be paid for because I know a lot of times, even in doing real estate, there's things that you'll do that you didn't know you can get paid for. Like you can get paid to manage the construction. You can get paid to be the developer on the deal by finding the opportunity. You can get paid for all these different things and people are just doing it for free. And so we're just walking over wealth because we're not capturing it just by knowing that we can.
0: That's a good point because we, um, we literally didn't know until they said, how much would you charge? I was like, wait let's not respond first. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's figure out. And her response was, you know, we said we can do a property management fee. And she's like, wait, you guys do that? And I said, oh, we, yeah, we do it now. <laughs> we're going to pay for it. We're going to do it. So uh, that's exactly how it started. And she's like, you know, I'll pay you um, $200 a month. And I was, she's like, well, she said she pays a current person about 150. And we said, well, we're already cleaning. So we'll, we'll charge you like $200 a month. And we've been to that property once in three months and that's been, you know, six hundred dollars that we didn't even have to work for. If something wow. does come up, we'll send a handyman out there, she'll pay for it. Um our job is to make sure he gets in and he knows the code and he gets the job done. And we send our text, our cleaning text to kinda check in on them after they're done.
1: Dope. That's cool. We put together a
0: package. Have, have you exactly, have, exactly
1: Are you an infamous CPA? Have you guys made like an alpha connection or have <laughs> you guys really
0: now that's that's my guy, man. That's that's my younger brother. I didn't you know, I met him on social media and he was growing his he was growing his um profile. Make sure you guys follow Infamous CPA. And um he offers a lot of value. I think we first connected when I found out this guy was younger than me and he was doing a house hack. I was like, Wait, yeah. I can do that too. So I hit him hmm. up. And he um he put me on to Rashana Scott, obviously. Um but you know, we just stayed in contact. We actually had a call today about um what he's doing with um his cars and that's something that we did to get out of debt. So He's taking, what we, he's taking what we did to get out of debt to a whole nother level. So we got on a call today and kind of figured out how he did it. And you know, I got my, kind of got my wife on board with that. Um, so pretty much we used to rent our cars on Turo.com to make more income. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing now is renting his fleet of cars on multiple yeah. platforms so that he could raise more income and have more cash flow. So we had a talk with him today kind of talking about that. And um, it's, a great, it's a great business model. And he explained to me you know, how he makes it a, a passive model as well. So that yeah. was pretty solid.
1: So another very important thing is if you guys are reading infamous CPAs, Twitter today, he was talking about how he had to save up money to get his house act, And so instead mm. of, I guess like penny pinching, what he did is he invested in cars and the cars brought him the money so that then he could pay for his down payment. So invest and build something so that you can increase your income. So then you can, kind of do what you need to do instead of just trying to expect a job in your 40 hours to do it for you because it's probably not going to do it. It's probably just going to keep you working there for the next 40 years.
0: And I swear to God, um, my my uh, end NDA review, I got a 3.5% increase, which was my mindset over time, I'm always asking for more money from more money for my job. So 3.5, usually we give it between three and four. I got a 3.5, which is solid across the industry for what we do. But I was asking for more money. And, they, you know, this, this is pretty much the highest we could give you. You know what? I wasn't mad about that. I was actually, I tell all my employees, I have 30 employees under me. And I tell them, like, I tell them at the beginning of the year. Because if I tell you at the end of the year, you're going to ask for it. I don't want to give you more money. If I tell you at the beginning of the year, you know, uh, as a new employee, I always want you to ask me for more money. And if you don't ask me, that's all you're going to be left with. So long story short, end of the year, I asked my boss for more money. And it was like, you know, this is the max we could give you. But I realized my cleaning business has given me that increase month over month. So when you're saying make more money outside your job, that's exactly what we're talking about. 100%.
1: 100%. Cool.
2: So Anthony, obviously, we can see where this tweet came from. You said on Twitter, don't bank on the government to forgive your student loans.
0: <laughs> I'm a huge get out of debt guy. I'm a huge Dave Ramsey guy. Um, and I think both of those coincide with each other. Um, I was talking to my little brother and he, he was at, he texted me out the rent, out the blue. He said, you know, I'm thinking about paying off my debt. I'm doing a good job at it. But I hear this Bernie Sanders guy. I don't know much about politics. but I hear he's going to win. And I was like, you know what? I, was like, <laughs> I said, I said, I said, stop right there. I was like, stop right there. I said, um, number one, I don't want you waiting on anyone else to get you, on, get you on a path to where you want to go. So any, even if he does win, I don't want you to wait for him to bail you out of debt. If you're already on the right path, you know, you, we have student loan forgiveness. They've had thousands of people apply for that program. And 90, I think it was 95% of them got denied for student loan forgiveness. Going back to when I graduated college back in 2009. So if you're waiting on the government to bail you out, you'll be waiting all day because it ain't going to happen. I'd rather you go for it, you work for it. And if it does happen, hey, that's a byproduct of you waiting and and going about your path. But don't wait for somebody else to bail you out your situation that you put yourself in.
1: I was watching this show um, like a few minutes ago and it was the the family i forget what they call it family reunion show on netflix and there's the husband talking to the wife and they're talking about being aggressive and she's like you're so aggressive you're so aggressive And he was like me being aggressive is what allowed me to provide this life for you and i realized <laughs> like like that's how you got to approach success in life is aggressively you got to go after it. you got to be relentlessly marketing and promoting your business your stuff online like like that's how we got to approach success And so one of the things that I always talk about and one of the things that we've kind of seen here that circles back to the debt forgiveness is imagine if they sat back waiting for Bernie. They'd still be in debt today and Bernie might not even get elected. Exactly. But they they took the initiative to just knock it out and because they did it, now they're better for it. I'd rather people approach life as though you're not going to get anything. Build yourself up and if you get the bonus, great. If you don't, great. Now you're already winning. And so, like, that's one of the things that I always talk about. It's like, bro, like, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Any form of government assistance, you're better off doing it for yourself. You're better off going out there, learning how to put food in your community. You're better off learning how to put jobs into your community. Like, if you build it for yourself, it's more lasting. Then you can hand it on. You can't hand on student forgiveness to your kids. You can't. But you can can hand on a cleaning business to your kids. You can hand on a car rental business to your kids and the skills that you learn and the connections that you made. Like, Waiting is not going to, we, we did a lot of waiting in the past eight years. We've done a lot of hustle for the past four years. And I think that we're better for the hustle.
0: Well, we've been waiting for reparations for, I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you how many years we've been waiting for that. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't sit around and wait for my job to give me a raise. You know, it's dope that the end of the year we get a raise and it's even dope we get a bonus, but. I'm not, you know, waiting on that. I cannot wait on that to get my family where I need to be. So waiting on other people is going to keep me waiting forever. Yep. I'd rather build it if we can. And
2: kind of building on what uh, Charles said, I get paid for my ideas, (laughs) not for my energy. So it's nothing to create something and just hand it to my son.
1: Right. Man, I forgot.
0: Before you start, Charles, congratulations, brother. That oh, is a major. <laughs> that that is that is super big. That you, yeah. you have a kid, man. That that's congratulations,
1: man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I think it kind of lit a fire into me. Like I thought I was hustling before. I'm really hustling. <laughs> and I then once he's here, yeah. I'm really gonna be hustling. So, um, but it's just interesting. Like I'm starting to really realize how money works and how you create wealth and how you build businesses and all of it's just ideas. It's like Eric Thomas said. He said that the rich people create ideas, have other people work for them. And so what I'm realizing is like. Everything that I create is basically an idea manifested. And so right now I'm working on a different brand. Um, I'm calling it Views, but it's supposed to, I can't really release what it exactly it's supposed to be, but I'm like, I can create these streams and just dedicate it to my son. I can create more vending machines that dedicated to my son. All these streams just dedicated to him because it's not related to my energy and to my effort. It's just, what can I think about next? What can I manifest next? I always tell people, like, everything that you see is a manifestation of my thoughts. So the investment club, the real estate, everything we've done, it's just like, I probably read a book, listened to a podcast, did all this stuff, thought the idea, and then created it, and now it's generating income. So it's you only have so much energy and so much effort, but your ideas are unlimited, so therefore your wealth is
0: unlimited, unlimited and that's just kind of how I see things. I'm curious, Charles. How do you go about your day when you're thinking about different ideas? How do you, prioritize This isn't you guys interviewing me, but I'm curious on how you prioritize your ideas. That's that's my challenge right now. My wife is like, I, have, I have give her a wall board of ideas, and it's like we we kind of picking and choosing. So, how do you prioritize what's important for you? You know,
1: I try to I try to, to do things that are in line with what I'm doing already. So I try to build like symbiotic streams of income. So things that are connected. So the real estate company is connected to the vending machine company, which is really connected to the barbershop. Because like I say, we're in the business of cash flow. So mm-hmm. we put up a lump sum of money and that pays us checks over time. It might just look differently in a different form of business. So our ideas, except for the one that I'm working on now, which is kind of like a, a retail idea, even that kind of falls in line because it's going to be like a higher end luxury lifestyle type brand. Like that still kind of falls in line with who I am as a person, what my brand is. And so I always try to do things that are in line. I'm not, necessarily chasing, I'm not necessarily chasing an idea as much as I'm just like presenting who I am to the world and charging a fee for it. So like everything is just related. Like we're doing investing, we're doing financing. I can do this stuff like in my sleep. I'm thinking about it all the time. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about this lifestyle all the time. So it's nothing to really like promote that and create it. I'm not out there doing something that's completely unrelated to what I'm doing. Okay. If that makes sense.
2: No, it does. Any any thought that jumps in his head, he just he just does it anyway. I
1: mean, I just do it. it.
2: <laughs> we we talk on the podcast and it's like, oh, we're gonna do this. Like the whole conference that was that was during um <laughs> on the podcast interview. We were talking, and he's like, and we're gonna put on the black man Build the we conference. And I'm and uh, Tasha was on there and she's like, Oh, that's so great. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, Wait,
0: what? <laughs> so when Especially, he so when he brings his ideas to you are you the are you got to have that balance right so he could probably bring an idea to you You like you know what that may not be what we want to do right now how do you guys kind of balance that those conversations
1: i i found that it's best that i don't have somebody who could tell me no <laughs> <laughs>
0: That, that, that's, I, that's one of my, that's one of my, I tweet that probably every other day It's like, I feel like I would, I would be really rich or really broke if I didn't have my wife because yeah. she tells me no all the time when she tells me to sit there and think about it. So the longer I think, the more likely I'm not going to do it. So, um, I feel like I would be really rich or really broke. So how does that
1: work? Cause I've always wondered, it's like, if she says kind of like, no, or she's not for it, how do you convince her? How do you get over that hump?
0: So with her, with my wife, Janoka, it's more like we've been married going on four years. We've known each other since we was, what, 12 and 13. And I think she knows me pretty well. Where If I bring something to her once, it's probably, bo- it's probably crap, right? It's probably something I just thought about. So like, you know what? It's not important to us. I want to do it. We'll let it go. But if I bring her, if I bring her that same idea multiple times, that means I've been sleeping on it. That means I've been thinking about it at work. I've been thinking about it on my commute. I've been thinking about it as I walk my dog. I've been thinking about it as I'm in the gym and I'm thinking about ways to present it to her in different aspects. So I probably have to present an idea to her about five times before she's like, you know what? This may make sense. And by the five, by the fifth time I bring it to her, she's like, you know what? You have presented a game plan and I feel like this can work for us. So she's not always shutting it down. It's more like, did you vet it out before you brought it to me? Most of the time I don't vet it out. I'm like, you know what? I want to do a vending machine business. She's like, wait, why? I'm like, Cause I heard it on podcasts, said like, I'm sure we could do it if we just do it. So you know, by the fifth time I bring it to her, I probably thought about it, you know, five, six yeah. times before. So
1: that's and fair, and let that
0: see kind of playing
1: itself. I feel like people, Raphael. He kind of, I guess, in that statement, it kind of seems like I just kind of am like firing from the hip. But I do <laughs> do a lot. I I do a lot of thinking, <laughs> a lot of thinking, a lot of researching, a lot of watching. I just, I mean, I don't really uh, engage in. Nonsense. So I'm always thinking. I'm always planning. A lot of researching. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I I watched, I watched a whole bunch of videos on vending machines before. <laughs> that I went that to. counts as research. Yeah. yeah it is. YouTube oh, yeah. University. All right. I'm not gonna argue <laughs> that, man. And and the, and the numbers made sense. Well, definitely. I mean,
0: yeah, that's passive right there. Um. Pretty good. Once, once you start showing people the numbers, then it's it's hard to decline it. It's yeah. when I started showing my wife the cleaning business numbers and what we could do, you know, we finally it took us two years to get there. So she understands it now. A lot of things we a lot of things we started doing, you know, a year ago, two years ago is starting to make sense now. She's like, Who's gonna pay us who's gonna pay us to kind of talk to us? I'm like, a lot of people will we have a, a unique story people want to learn about. So now she's seeing it. Right. To I think
1: that, that's very important to know that like your stream is mature. So what starts off as like a small venture, a small stream and year 2, year 3 is killing it. Like for example, like podcast revenue, like the podcast I did it for free in the beginning. I did a bunch of free commercials and now the podcast revenue like last year was doing pretty good. This year is doing twice what it was doing last year. And so next year it should be doing even more. And that's just podcast revenue. That's not anything else. Like I forgot even we even count on the podcast revenue. And because there's so many other things that are going. So that's,
0: that's, a, I was like, let's start a podcast. She's like, who's going to listen? I'm, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's yeah. a real great theme. It. Who's yeah. going to listen to us talk? I'm like, go on Instagram. We got hundreds of DMs talking about, you know, we want to see this. We want to talk about that. We, wanna, we want you guys to do this. I'm like, let's start a podcast. She's like, who's going to listen to us talk? I'm like, there are people out there that will listen to us talk. So by the end of this year, she's, the idea is already planted. Mm. We, um, we did an interview with, um, abc and it was like we want to see you guys do a podcast and it that kind of set her on fire too so we'll, we'll yeah.
1: see and it's cool that you have a, a female male dynamic because you guys will appeal to more listeners people like that because the girls are tune in because they want to hear her story and oh yeah you know how that works um and then also like what's super dope about the podcast is the strangers that you're going to reach because you're getting on the podcast app which broadcast to anybody who has the iphone and mm-hmm. so, like, it's so, it's so crazy when I just see, like, some random person with my face on their iPhone. Like.
0: I'm telling you, it goes, <laughs> her mother, she watched our interview um, on the Time Millionaire podcast, and she's like, she started crying. I was like, why the hell are you crying? She's like, because it was just so dope to listen to you guys talk to another black man talk about marriage and, and relationships and, and love and stuff like that, so. Go, I'm like so. Now she's like, oh, "This to a few episodes since then." I was like, "Wow, I have not realized you know how to use the <laughs> app on the phone." So it goes. It goes far further than I realized how far I went. Yeah, and then
2: yeah, you'll be surprised at who listens in, man. Some big name hitters will be listening to your stuff, and you'll be like, "Wow, yeah. you know, you know yeah. who I was, man." <laughs> like I, I was talking <laughs> to Andre Hatchet the other day about trying to get him on, and he couldn't make it this week or whatever. He couldn't. And I was telling him, um, I was giving him the link to the podcast, say, um, so you can listen to it and get a feel for it. He's like, man, listen to it every week.
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, oh. That's dope. People may not tell you, people may not tell you, but they're watching, man. They're yeah. always watching.
1: I love, I like seeing how Raphael people are seeing who he is now more often. That's super cool.
0: Oh yeah, I've been, I've been peeping as well. So I'm telling you, people are watching. They may not say they're watching, but they're definitely watching, tuning in, taking notes, um, and just listening.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um obviously the whole the debt, the get out of debt, the no-nonsense get out of debt guy, that was your idea too.
0: Yeah, it was it was my idea as well. She was like, Who's gonna pay you to help them? <laughs> I'm telling you. I I think it it goes back, it goes back to our upbringing. We're like, you know, you work for money, nine to five, you get paid. Outside of that, you don't make money. And that was my mindset as well. until I went to college and it was like, you know what? I don't have to just have one job. When I was in college, I was a, I was the, um, I was a, uh, shoot. I was a residential assistant. I was an orientation assistant. I was a student assistant. I was a student association assistant. I was a, Dean, I I did so much in college. I was making so much different streams of income, so that I was able to buy. I bought a bunch of sneakers and liquor in college. Whatever, that's (laughs) neither here nor there. Um, But I had enough money to do what I wanted to do in college, and that kind of made me realize that you can make as much money as you want. So anyway, going back Mm -hmm. to what you said. So when I come to her with these, when I come to her with these ideas, she's more like, you know, who's gonna pay us to do that? So when I said I'm gonna make a um, guide to debt freedom. I said, I'm going to take every single thing we did, package it up, um, because we're getting a lot of questions. We took, um, the first year, we were really silent about what we were doing. Um, The second year, we were like, we paid off $70,000 of debt, and we'll be done by the end of this year. I want to talk about this more. She didn't want to talk about our numbers. She didn't want to talk about our income. She didn't want to talk about our side hustles. And it was like, let's talk about it. People are going to feel more inclined to relate to you the more you talk about it. So I just went off. I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. And she got upset. I started talking about her income, how much you made, you know, how much you made the walking dogs, how much you made watching dogs. Um, so I pretty much made a um, guide to debt freedom package that gives you a budget. It gives you a timeline as to when you get on a, getting out of debt using the um, a debt snowball method. It gives you a contract for you and your significant other. If you guys are dating or if you have a relationship or marriage, um, it also gives you a bunch of other calculators that helps you put your debt in order. It gives you a thermometer. So what we did was every single month when we, when we paid off some debt, we would color it in on our refrigerator. So we had a thermometer, $20,000 left. We'll color it in. Um, so it gives you a bunch of resources and tools to make sure you're guided as you go through this process.
2: Okay. And what kind of tools is it? Is it just PDFs or is there uh, audio involved, video? Any yeah.
0: So, um, it gives you audio, so I have a, um, it's actually, it starts with a PDF. Um, it also gives you a PowerPoint presentation. It gives you audio, and it gives you visual, visual representation, representations of your debt journey, um, as well as a, um, some images, so you can kind of put them on your fridge, print them out, um, post them as you're seeing them throughout the day. Hmm.
2: So you s- combine these two tweets together. You said, wake up earlier to work on yourself and wake up and start every day better than
0: yesterday. So I try to, so I move closer to work. I, my job was 20 minutes away and we moved about 40 minutes away. So my commute was becoming 30 minutes about an hour each way. Um, I move closer to work so I get my time back in my day. I'm paying the same amount of rent. I didn't increase my lifestyle. I was paying, you know, a couple hundred dollars for rent. And now I'm paying the same amount of money, but I'm closer to work. So now I have a four minute commute each way. My commute went from an hour each way to a less than 10 minutes each way. So I get about 10 hours each, each week in my commute. So I'm not, you know, I was leaving for work six o'clock in the morning. I'm waking up six o'clock in the morning. My wife was like, why are you still waking up early? Because I want to make sure I'm still utilizing that time in the morning. So I want to, my, my goal every day is to make sure I utilize as much of my, my energy as much as possible before I get to work. Cause I'm drained. I'm, I manage 30 people every single day. So by the time I walk into the office at seven, they're asking me questions. It's, it's like babysitting, you know. hope nobody's listening to this, but, you know, they know what it is. I'm managing 30 people every single day. I'm tired by the time I leave that office, so I'm going to make sure I utilize my creative energy every single day before I walk in that office. So that's so, why i waking up earlier. How, how do you feel
1: that staying physically fit helps you in business and in life? Do you think there's a correlation there?
0: I think so. Um, I think that my ability to stay on—I think it's more of a scheduling. It, it creates a very regimented, regimented schedule in my day. So I know I'm going to wake up at 5:30. I'm probably going to work out. So by six o'clock, I'm home, on working out in my, my gym complex here. So I already worked out for the day. And I think people that are more in that regiment, it allows them to get more fit because they're allowed to either wake up early and work on themselves, may that be physical, mental. Sometimes I wake up and pray, which goes a long way. Sometimes I wake up and just read. Sometimes I wake up and listen to a, a podcast. Sometimes I wake up and just sit in silence. Sometimes I wake up and just compose my tweets for the day. Um, but when it comes to working out, I'm going to make sure I'm doing that every single day so that I have a regimen so that either I can enjoy it myself or my wife can enjoy it as well. I'm doing my podcast, babe. Huh? I'm doing my podcast with Charles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, love you. I'm leaving now. All right, enjoy. Bye. My my wife is at her, uh, we could probably, I don't know if we can copy that out, but she's at her Equinox holiday party. They didn't invite me this year because I left the job a year and a half ago and they upset about that. So anyway, (laughs) 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 he can't come this year because he left over a year. Ah, Um, That's crazy. But anyway, that's kind of how we made sure we stayed on track with our our gym regiments as well. Do you still have an Equinox membership since you like family benefits? Okay. Oh yeah, she, she still works there as a manager. Um, yeah. since we further away, so we still use that um at least a couple times a week.
1: Um, you uh, I know, I posted something a long time ago, and you're like, you need to lift some weights. Um,
0: oh, you what? were running a <laughs> treadmill. Yeah, why why weights over treadmill, and why not treadmill? So I just I want you to have an overall better fitness experience. I hated treadmill. Um, I've run multiple, you know half marathons 13.1 miles I've done that at least three times um I've done you know some PRs which are really good I've done some bad ones with my wife <laughs> she's done a few as well but I want you to just have an overall well-rounded just gym experience as well I don't want you to kind of focus on the treadmill because that it gets boring yeah. for me
1: right it does yeah
2: let's take a quick break
1: what do you got for Raphael
2: well, the next one I was going to say, he kind of touched on it already. He said, "Woke up earlier this morning to work on the business. Give yourself your best energy before anyone else takes it." So, Charles, how 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 do you see this like how do you get make sure that you give your best energy to what you're doing?" Guys, I'm
0: curious. You don't you you don't sleep. Number one, um, I wake up really early, and I'm two hours ahead of you. So I'm curious. Number one, this is not my podcast. I'm curious. What are your working hours? Like when you go to your job, what are your working hours? And then what time do you wake up? And then Rafi, I'm sorry, I kind of <laughs> jumped no, no, in. no, no, no. no. It's a, but this, oh, I think, oh. I need to know. I need to learn as while I'm here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I would say in the office, I'm usually there like eight to seven. So okay, like. A, 11 hour day. Um, I'm usually up at five to the train by six train leaves at 620. Okay. So from six from 620, I'm usually able to kind of get some stuff done because I'm on a train. I'm not sitting in traffic.
0: That's what um, I'm doing. And, then, That's and what
1: I'm... so um, and then on the way back in, I'm usually working because I'm on the train, too. So I get to the train around like seven thirty get home around like nine. And then I work until like eleven and I go to sleep. But, like, during the week, I don't do a lot of TV watching. I don't do a lot of any of that stuff. It's just strictly, like, just hitting goal after goal after goal. So that's what I'm doing. Okay.
2: That's what I was curious about. Where do you find the time to give your best energy? You think you 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 give your best energy to Todd Capital?
1: uh, I could give more. If I didn't have a 9 to 5
0: or whatever. what's What's the percentage you give to Todd Capital right now?
1: Uh, well, so now I'm able to give weekends to Thai capital, but I'm kind of studying for the bar right now. So it's, it's a, little, a little bit, not as much as I'm lighten- taking it in uh, February, February. Yeah. So yep. in like in like a month. Um, but the goal, the goal is to do it full time, but we got to do some things to get there full time. We got to buy some more doors, buy some more assets. So. That's well, dope. But
2: well, what time of day do you get your best work done? Is it early morning or is it I like do- afternoon?
1: I do it all throughout the day, so this this might not be how you're supposed to do it, but I'm I'm doing multiple you do things. It things. You do it? No, I'm right. a, no, no, no. I'm just saying when
2: everybody talks about you know, there's a time of day that you give your that you're at your best. Not not so much are you doing good work all day long. It's just like right. when it's, when it,
1: what time of day is optimal for you? For honestly, I think that this is true for most people, but it's unfortunate that a lot of times our jobs take our best hours like your best hours are when you wake up until about five or six and after that you kind of fade and so it's like i don't want it to only do my business like in the evening time or on the weekends like that's kind of lame so i I work a lot of projects into that day i'm using lunchtime i might write a blog while i'm still sitting on my desk just kind of pounded out 30 minutes like okay get that done i might upload a podcast listen to the podcast while I'm working take show notes while I'm working and then upload that podcast with the show notes um, I, I create promos while I'm working I do a lot of stuff while I'm working
0: but so, I still kill it while I'm working no that, that's that's solid because you don't realize how much time that you have during the business day at work I agree with you 110 percent I guess be sitting there listening to a, listening to a podcast when I was blogging I would be blogging first thing in the morning while I'm at work you're not working come on, dog, get out of here. <laughs> Working the entire day that you're there, like your employees probably playing, playing you for maybe four or five hours of solid work. Outside of that is just bull work. You're doing meetings. You're probably doing paperwork. You're probably managing people. So um, I realized that it's a lot of the time in my day, like during lunch, they are like, why don't you work? Why don't you sit here at lunch? Table? I manage people all day. So when I'm sitting there at the lunch, table, I'm wasting an hour talking to them about things I talked to them about an hour ago. So there's so much time in the business day that we could be utilizing a lot more for our personal personal goals.
1: Yep.
2: Right. Mm. So Charles, let me you got two tweets uh, connected here. You said y'all out here afraid to make money because you don't want to pay taxes. Oh, I cannot oh, be late. Oh. oh, and then you I said won't... I want to hear from both of you too. And then you said I would rather have made too much money, got to pay taxes, problems. Then put it too small
0: with it all year for a refund that I spent in a month. That is fire.
1: Uh, <laughs> fire right there. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I, um, a lot of this has to do with I remember that one time that Chris made a post and he was talking about how you know Chris didn't make a post. I see people taking jabs at Chris a lot, and I guess that's like, like Jay Z said, it's the penalty of leadership. Guessing what people want to be in. So like. I see people in there like, oh, I see you making all that econ money, but are you paying your taxes? It was just funny <laughs> because the same people will say that we can't make money because systematic racism and oppression and all these different things. But then you see people out there getting it, and now you gotta find, you gotta move the goalpost a little bit. And so I just thought it was funny that first and foremost, it kind of challenged Chris and it challenged me and it challenged a lot of people. It's like, hey you got to take a holistic approach to your finances. Like, yeah, you're making a lot of money, but you got to make sure you pay your taxes too. But those are good problems to have because if you saw Chris's recent breakdown, he made like 30 grand, allocated five grand to his taxes and the other stuff like went to the, to where he needed to go. There's a lot of people out there who want a $5,000 refund instead of a $5,000 tax bill. Chris has a $5,000 tax bill, but he's also putting up 25 grand a month. I want those problems. I want, too much money problems <laughs> I don't want not enough money problems there's a lot of people out there they're like oh man if I, I gotta hire a lawyer like I remember when I first started tie capital somebody was like oh man you gotta be careful because you don't want to get sued and I was like bro like if I'm getting sued that means I'm worth being sued people don't sue people without money people don't sue people without assets or success and so I would rather go for it than play small out of fear what happens when you go big like when you go big you just gotta hire the right people to take care of it and so, like, that's the way we should be thinking is expand, 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 grow, grow, grow. Uh, my church and my law firm, I probably shouldn't re- reveal this, but in my law firm, I saw, if I don't use names, I can do that. In my law firm, I saw that my church is being sued. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Like, they're being sued. It's a personal injury claim. So they're being sued for, like, a slip and fall or something, some nonsense. But they didn't even acknowledge it. They're not like, oh, man, we're getting sued. They got insurance for that. And so our church is out here just, just doing church stuff. You just if you are a boss, you put stuff in place to protect yourself while you still continue to be a boss. And so like that's all I'm saying is we gotta I forgot who said it. Man, she said something about well, I just know a lot of people what they do is they play small. And it's unfortunate because they just want that tax refund. And so they won't work all year because they want a tax refund. And I was like, if you would have hustled, you could get a tax refund every month. Like I said, we do we get a tax refund all the time. So like it's like, I could, I could go on a trip. I can do this. I can do that. But you can't do that the whole year. You struggle just so you can get some free money at the end of the year. Like, I just think it's lame, man. I think we got to aim bigger, have bigger problems.
0: Dog, I'm going to agree with you 100%. So when you said, I saw that tweet, and I, we had a $6,000 tax bill the first year of our cleaning business. And it was dope because I was like, my wife is like, we got to pay $6,000. I was like, well, we have $6,000 to pay. That's not a problem. So we took the money you know, that we made, a part, portion of it, and paid that tax bill. We pay quarterly taxes now, so we don't have to worry about that. We haven't gotten right. a tax refund in years because we make sure we do quarterly taxes. But I'd rather worry about, like you said, I'd rather worry about us having to pay taxes than you know, getting a tax We haven't gotten a tax refund in probably three, four years because we're making sure we pay quarterly taxes for sales tax, personal tax, business tax. Um, state, federal, whatever it may be. We're, we're paying that quarterly. And I'm actually, I'm ex- actually excited for season because I know our stuff has been so on point all year. And we have to pay a $1,000 tax bill. I'm happy about that. We have to pay 2000 That means we missed a couple thousand here and there. I would rather have that problem than getting a five $6,000 refund check, which means I didn't take care of my money all year.
1: Right. Yep. It's, it's the people who make the move have those problems. People who make the world move they're over here going through this stuff with their tax preparer, their tax advisor, trying to figure out how they can save money on their taxes. It's the people out there who don't have those problems who are at the whim of the people who have those problems. So I want those problems. I, I want the right kind of problems. I don't want the wrong kind of problems. But there's a lot of people out here who have the wrong kind of problems because they're unwilling to get the right kind of problems. You can have problems wherever you are. You can have, like, that's just what life is. Like, if you aren't engaging in new problems, you're not operating at 10X levels as Grant Cardone says. Like the way that to know that you're taking enough action, the way to know that you're aiming big enough for success is you got new problems. And there's a lot of people out here that are like, I don't want problems. So, so they don't go big enough. So they don't get the success they want. They don't get the wealth they want. And they gotta sit down there and cry and hope somebody's gonna take care of their student loans.
0: No, I agree with you. And um I actually got a question for you, Charles, as well, because it was um you follow a lot of things that Chris does as well. And I'm, my wife is like, well, I don't want to diminish our brand. So one of the things was $50 Fridays, right? Mm-hmm. And you said, I'm going to do what Chris does. And I've been taking notes of that. So I'm like, well, I'm going to discount our costs on our course on this day here. She's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to discount it because it's discrediting our brand. What's your thoughts on bringing your course down such a significant amount for that single yeah. day with the sales?
1: So interestingly enough, I just learned something recently. I was, I learned that just because you go down doesn't mean you have to stay down. The world is big. Like there are so many people out there. And so there's a course that I discounted recently that I just sold today for more than what I discounted for like two weeks ago. And when I did that and I got the sales, I was like, that's kind of interesting. I think sometimes we give consumers too much credit. And I don't mean to be rude, but like (laughs) it's a lot of people out there spending their last, a lot of people out there going into debt. And we over here as business owners thinking that people are just the most astute uh, consumer. And a lot of times they're not. And it's unfortunate. And as long as we're adding value to the community, that's great. But I think that a lot of times we give them too much. We give them the benefit of the doubt. And so one thing that I I, I realized is I just follow Chris even if I don't understand what he's doing because it's working. And so $50 Fridays is one thing I did, but the other thing that I did that people probably didn't notice I bundled up a bunch, a bunch of stuff. Yep. And I discounted it. Yep. Um, and so I'm just like, if he's doing it and it's working, I'm going to just follow him. And I mean, I guess that's kind of how I've done a lot of things in life. And I would say that it doesn't necessarily dilute it as much as it expands your brand. It gets you more research. So many people out to that you're not touching and you got to get to those people. You got to continue to hit them. Like, I'm not even. In, I'm not marketing to you guys. I'm not marketing to my social media followers. I'm marketing to maybe who they know, the person they're gonna tag in that post, the person they're gonna forward it over to. So that's why I have to relentlessly post it over and over and over again, and tweet it over and over and over again, knowing that it doesn't really dilute the brand. At least I don't think it does. It does. Um, and I mean, also you make it up in volume. So that's one of the things I learned in Fifty Dollar Friday. Like you could sell one course. You could sell a $500 course to one person, or you can sell a $50 course to 40 people. Mm. I'd rather sell it to 40 people. And then I've done it. I've sold it to 40 people. I'm sure you've done it as well. And so it's like, instead of just, and then also you're helping more people too. So then you get more consults, then you get more repeat buyers. So people who have bought $50 Fridays have bought all the $50 Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I bought them every single I'm just waiting. Right. What's the
0: next one? Got? So that's kind of my answer to that question. And no, that, that makes sense when he first, when funny thing, again, I go back to my wife because I said, I'm going to do a 20 for 20 on like Friday or Tuesday. I saw it. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to see, I'm going to see how it works. And we got that. We got the um, good morning America and the local Dallas news press. And I said I'm gonna do a 20 for 20. We did 20 for, I, we did 15 the first day. And I was like, that's the most amount of courses I ever sold, but it's also the mm-hmm. most amount of promotion I've ever done for the course. And then I did it again with less promotion, same price. And we sold out. And she was like, well, if we could do this every single day, I don't have to work. I was like, well, you told me not to do it. it would dilute the brand. It would dilute the brand. My thing was, if you can promote, I was like, we have a unique, we have a very unique story. We're, We're minorities who paid off debt and we're doing very good things in the community and also just um just helping people out it's like let's get our story out there more and if we are selling our course instead of doing $30 we do $20 and it gets more people involved and engaged I had four people hit me today it was like hey just watch your course it was amazing I'm gonna start implementing implementing these things now I'm like mm-hmm. let's that's dope I would rather do that versus getting one person that bought it for $30 and we don't hear about them at all so no I agree with you 100%
1: One of the things that's also interesting when you discount your course, like 50 bucks, and I've seen Chris, one of the things he's doing that I'm about to do is he even knocked it down to 45. And I think psychologically that kind of makes people want to buy it as opposed to that hard 50. But what's interesting is you're going to get people's kind of like spare money. People will make a $50 purchase, $45 purchase, like just kind of like casually, but they're going to have to plan for that $500 purchase. I want people buying, buying with me spontaneously. Like, Oh man, I got to get it now. Like got to get it now. And, I guess that kind of allows you to make more money as well. Cause you can, you open, it's like the Walmart. Walmart makes more money than Nordstrom. Oh yeah. Toyota makes more money than Lexus. Well, maybe not, but Toyota makes more money than a lot of people. (laughs) But like there's, there
0: is value in being that guy. So. You know, it makes sense to me. I've been doing it. I've been watching. I've been doing it. So everything I do, she's like, you know what? It makes sense now. I'm like, I'm 99% from the, I'm shooting now, just let me shoot. It's working. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you don't have, if if you guys are listening and you don't have a wife, man, you either be really, really, really rich or really broke, so. Yeah. I feel
1: like my situation, and it's so funny, I was telling my wife this today, I was like, um, I just accepted that that's your role in my life is to like, tell me no and to not when I go with it. And it's my responsibility to do it anyway. And then she's like, (laughs) Like, I never, I, I, was, I was telling Raphael last week on the show, I was like, at first she wasn't really super gung-ho about the vending machines, and then she saw this big stack of cash, and she was like, all right. <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> so that break <laughs> Exactly. <the brick.
2: laughs> Money to the ear. So, Andy, you said people will explain every reason why someone can or can't do something. Mind your business. Drink water and
0: exfoliate. <laughs> so, um, one of my alumni who went to uh, University of Albany, she's she's a huge, she's a huge influencer in the makeup and product space, and that she just says exfoliate every single day. The drink water and mind your business. I think Black people say it a lot, but my thing was when we post our story, I love the comments. I just I live for the comments. I cannot not respond to the comments. So Good Morning America said, this couple paid off $114,000 in 23 months. I go read the comments and I don't want to respond to every single one. And the the biggest thing about it is you'll see 25 excuses as to why they couldn't do the same thing or something close to it. And my thing is everyone has their different races. When we have our consultation calls, I don't tell anyone to pay off your debt in 23 months. I say pay it off you know as quickly as you can get intense about it you know if it takes you four or five years don't rush it you know don't make this a boring journey get it done when you get it done so when i see when, when we post our stories we had a friend who, po- who paid off two hundred thousand or something in less than three three four years she's a lawyer she has a very high income she works she lives with a roommate um and i i watched the comments under that story and one of the, this guy posted the fact that, oh, she makes a very high income. She's a lawyer. Um, her budget, she makes a bunch of income from her side hustle. She does this, she does that. And I'm like, he's just posting a bunch of reasons why she did it. It doesn't mean you can't do it just because she did it, but you're discrediting her um, journey because you're posting reasons as to why she did it. So my goal, when, people, when I'm talking about getting, us getting out of debt, my goal is not to have everyone do it the same amount of time we did it. But I just want people to understand that it can be done. That's my goal at the end of the day. A black person can get out of debt and build their wealth, you know, by other means. That's all. But we can, I, um, We got Jake Warden in full lead as well. That's important.
1: So to, today I posted this picture. Maybe it was yesterday about the kid who, I think is like 12 years old. He has like seven vending machines or something like that.
0: I saw that and yeah. there is
1: it. There was a dude on the on the top, and he said, "Oh, it must be nice. All black people don't have parents who can buy them vending machines," and right. <laughs> and he was like, "And also, people don't have parents to work nine to five. They might not be able to work and afford to uh, take care of the vending machines." Oh. And I was like, "So basically, you're saying this guy has twelve year old privilege? <laughs> like it's not?" White
0: I'm it's telling privilege. you, they will make up anything to make sure it makes sense for their narrative, man. I swear to God, they. <laughs>
1: And, and my thing is, and I think I said
0: this on the show before, is like, I'm, if, that's, if you want
1: to speak those limits over yourself, that's cool. But don't speak those limits over other people. Don't speak those limits over me. Like, keep those limits for yourself. For As for me and my house, we're going to get it. And I don't really want to hear what you said that I can't do because we continue to do what people say we can't do, what we won't do, what we shouldn't be doing. And the, the same is true for everybody on this podcast. It's like, I, I want people to know that it's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's like, are you going to go get it thing? if you made up in your mind that you're going to go get it, you're going to go get it. But if you make up in your mind that you can't go get it, you can't go get it. And like a lot of people are just resigning themselves to that truth. And then also trying to say like, oh, well, since I can't do it, then you can't like, those are your limits. Like keep those for yourself.
0: And I think my mindset now is I feel like me and my wife could do anything we want to do. I was like, you know, when I was the first podcast about a kid who was making $10,000 a month cleaning houses, I was like, wait, I can do that. I don't have to clean houses. We can make $20,000 a month. Now we're at the $20,000 a, $20, a month mark two years in. So it was like, you know, I don't want people to feel like they can't do anything that they see somebody else doing just because they don't have the means or methods. There's resources out there we can figure it out. I hit them up. I was like, hey, I want to learn more about this. He's like, I'm going to teach you everything I know. And from there, I was like, well, I need to learn more. So I did, I did that research on my own. Nice. Yeah.
1: Rafael, what's yeah.
2: next? So, Anthony, you said the only thing standing between you and your goal is the story you keep telling yourself as to why you or others can't achieve
0: So that one was about—I think it's more about the cleaning business as well. My first reaction was, "I don't feel like I know we can do this, but I need to understand my wife's mentality to make sure she understands that we could do this as well." A lot of my stories revolve around my wife because we share a lot of information. We share—we share a house. We share a dog. We we are married. We are engaged. We are we are parents to our dog. We are one under the eyes of God. And not trying to go there in religion, but we share a lot of stuff. So I want to make sure what I do is not just for me. I want to make sure she understands it, so that if it fails, things have failed. We've like we failed a few times, and I want to make sure she understands why we failed. I don't want it to be an Anthony thing. I don't want it to be a Janoka thing. I want it to be a family thing. We failed. I'd rather say she understands why we felt, and let's figure out how we can fix it for the next time. What's next, Raphael? What's next?
2: So Charles said, success to me isn't stuff. Success to me is, did I give my son a great life?
1: Um, It speaks for itself. It's one of those tweets that's like, hey, it speaks for itself. But I was, uh, I was looking for a backpack, and I was like, I really want a Louis Vuitton backpack. <laughs> And I was like, that Louis Vuitton backpack costs two thousand dollars. It they weren't always that expensive. They used to be like around a grand. Now they want two grand for a Louis
0: backpack. And I was like, nah, fam, I'm good. No. So, and I was so, like, so you're making backpacks now. Is that what it is? We <laughs> I mean, we gotta we got figure this out. I want, I want answers. <laughs> no, but uh
1: I just I realized because I'm I'm putting a lot of money aside for them, and I was like, it's dope because like all the stuff that I'm doing is going to allow him to just like win. And like the knowledge that I have and I mean, the resources that we're we're building is really allowing us to like give him kind of what people say that he like, like Tasha was like, Oh, I feel like it's coddling. I was like, some people call it coddling and some people call it privilege. I'm going to give him some privilege and you can call it coddling if you want, as he drives past you and whatever he wants to drive. And so like, for me, it's like, Like that's, that's success. I feel like it's like the Bible says the man leaves an inheritance for his kids, kids, a righteous man leaves an inheritance, but there's a lot of people out there not leaving an inheritance, it's inheritances, but deeming themselves righteous. Like that's success. Success isn't like, did I drive the fastest car? Did I have the freshest shoes? Like, no, did you leave an inheritance for your kids? Did you create their life easier? And if you live for that, you're going to grow as a person. You're going to have more wealth as a person because it's just a byproduct of building wealth for other people. Like you're going to build wealth for yourself. And so like that's kind of like what I've manifested. And I feel really good about that because it's a bigger it's a bigger thing than just myself. And I'm realizing like there's so many things that I can be doing and am doing that are only going to make his life easier. But also it's what the wealthy have been doing. So I'm starting to really look at like, how are trust funds, how do they operate? How do they exist? And I'm realizing like, okay, so it's not just a pile of money in the trust fund. It's also assets in the trust fund to pay him cash flow from that trust fund. It's also, hey, we have this lump sum that's paying you interest per year, and you can live out of the interest. I'm thinking of ways to use rich dad philosophies to enrich his life through cash flow so that he doesn't have to work. I was in the office and somebody was talking about how... Like, do they want their kids to work and what they want their kids to do and what they need to be doing at 18? I was like, my son's going to take over take over the family business. Like, that's what he's going to do. Um, and I, did, it wasn't really a second thought. I, he's still going to go to law school. He's still going to probably go to business school because I want to be able and educated and qualified to do those things. But, like, that's what I'm setting up for. I'm setting up a, nepo, a nepotistic. Is that a word, nepotistic? I'm setting up a nepotistic. Yes. <laughs> Situation, and I feel like that's dope to me. Like that's like, I I think it was fabulous. He made a rap, and he was talking about like it's interesting how so many people who grew up without a dad became great ones. And so like, my dad was present, but like my goal was to be a great father. My goal is not to just be like I raised you. You eighteen, you grown. Because I feel like that's that's whack. I feel like kicking somebody out of eighteen is whack. We could be doing so much more, and I feel like you should be doing so much more. But so many people think that they just have. If they're doing the bare minimum and I'm just not a bare minimum type person. I want to, I want to overdo it. I want to, I want to, I want to kill it for him and make his life great.
0: So, so. Charles, I got a question for you as well. So did you guys, uh, kind of plan for your kid or was it like, we're going to have a kid at this age or how'd you guys come to that conclusion? So if I'm 33, I'm
1: 33. Um, And I would say that he was planned for. I think we 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 made him on purpose. (laughs) Um, And I don't know that I don't know that I would say that we're like like we knew like oh we're ready now let's do it. Um, So I can't really say like you'll know when you're ready. Mm. I just know that I knew that there was times when I didn't want to have a child. If that makes sense.
0: That's my next (laughs) comment. Well, you're good.
1: yeah so it's like I knew when I wasn't qualified, when I wasn't ready and when we weren't ready, and then I know when I was like, okay, well, we're not, not ready, so I think we can do this now. Okay, that makes
0: sense.:
2: We'll be right back.
1: Join us for the Black Men Building Wealth Virtual Conference february ninth 2020 from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Featuring Charles Oglesby, Andre Hatchett, Jillian Gordon, Brian Robinson, Brandon Thomas, Oge Madu, Gene Holliman, Lamon Woods, Jay Morrison, Torrance Reed, Byron Sellers, Henry Washington, Brian Thomas, Xavier Miller, Chris Senegal, Jeremy Johnson, and more. Topics covered will include marriage, personal finance, debt pay down strategies, tech and investing, mobile home real estate investing, tax strategies, and more. All proceeds will be donated to the Bless a Black Man Foundation. It's the Black Man Building Wealth Virtual Conference. It's lit.
2: So, Charles, you said, no matter how much your working income is, you are underpaid.
1: 100%. Um, Shit. I think it, it just it speaks to itself. Because if you know how business works, and you also know what you can make once you take yourself outside of your business. Like, so, for example, like, if you do consulting, if you do all these different things, like, you're billing yourself out at $100 an hour, $200 an hour, but your job's not paying you $200 an hour but they're billing you out at $200 an hour. Mm-hmm. And so no matter where you are, like, listen, we can even take it down to a fundamental level. Like if you work at Burger King and you pay, you get paid 10 bucks an hour. How much revenue is that business seeing per hour? They're not making $10 an hour. They're probably making about thousand dollars an hour, but they're paying you 10. And so if you're a lawyer, if you're a professional, it's a lot easier to kind of dictate what you're worth as a, because as professionals, you bill up per hour. So like if you are a lawyer, you're going to be billing your clients. If you're a CPA, you're billing your clients. And so it's a lot easier to say like, okay, well, they're paying me 100 grand, 120. That's basically $60 per hour. But the client's paying $300, $400 per hour. You're underpaid. That gap is your money. That gap is your wealth that you're just giving to your boss. And so your responsibility is to take that directly to market and get paid what you're worth. And create your own raise and create your own bonus and create all these different things for you. And that's what I challenge everybody to do. The reason why I realize this is I read the book, um, uh, Rich 20 something, and he talks about like freelancing and taking the same skills you have on your job and using it as your business. So, for example, if you're in IT, now you have the ability to go and do IT for. Maybe smaller companies that are looking to get startup, and they don 't have the budget to do i t but they 're willing to pay your consulting companies to do i t for them or if you 're a lawyer um, and you work at a firm, you can also start your own firm on the side. a lot of lawyers do it, or if you 're an engineer or if you 're all these different things, like you have to start a side hustle, but you don 't have to reinvent the wheel. You can literally use the same skills your job pays you for and take them to market and I always tell people like if you don 't think that you have skills that are marketable, you wouldn 't have a job. You have a job because you have skills that they 're willing to pay you for. You got to go out there and you got to double and triple your income by taking it directly to market. Like we said last week, nobody goes into business to make 40, 50 grand. They go into business to make 300, 400, 500 grand. And you can get there. These people aren't
0: any better than you. They just happen to have taken their, their talents to South Beach. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to touch on that as well because my first side hustle was me working IT for people who didn't have skills to work a computer. So that was my first IT job outside of my job. And then also when we had, we should probably say this, but we had end of your reviews, right? So we have an, I have a, a good 10 people under me in New York as well. And they make blue, get out of here. So anyway, they make, they're getting underpaid what they should be making. And most of them was like, hey, I should be making as much as this person on your New York team in New York. So I was like, well, we never paid anyone a 20%, 25% increase. And it was like, well, we should be making as much as them. So I went to my boss, he's like, Well, we can't pay them that. I was like, Well, we should pay them that because they're doing the same job and they should be getting to pay that. So he went to HR and they came back with a 25, 30 percent increase, as close as a forty percent increase for some of these employees. Babe, wow. Wife just walked in. Hello, you gotta stop it. So anyway, (laughs) they paid some of these employees 30, 40 percent increases because they knew they should be making more, but I was like, at the end of the day, I told you this in January. Now we have to face this in uh, November and December because you want to, you want to drag your feet and make it seem like you couldn't pay. it. So at the end of the day, companies will never pay you how much you're actually worth. And every single review, I always ask for more. You should as well.
1: And in, in one of my favorite books, uh, the choose yourself guide to wealth, he talks about how corporations don't like you. They kind of just tolerate you. And we always mm-hmm. talk about how like you're working this job and you're missing family events. You're missing all this stuff. And then when you die, they replace you in a week or when you put in your two weeks notice, they just fire you. And oh, so
0: you yeah, fire people at two weeks. Right. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> crazy. And yeah. so that's why you've got to choose yourself. It's yeah. not even, it's not even, it's like, I don't hate them. They got a business to run. They can't make a profit if they pay you what you're worth. And so they have to underpay you. You got to pay yourself what you're worth and you got to be unashamed about doing it, man. I feel like sometimes people feel ashamed for having sources of income outside of their job. But what you don't realize is you'll probably be a better employee if you aren't depending on them for your sustenance. Like if you, like the days that I feel like I'm so much better at my job is when I don't have to depend on that income. I'm working there because I want to be there. Not because I can't survive without them. Like that's, that's that's some slavery stuff. They really want people to feel like, you cannot exist without them. They think it works. Maybe it does for them and their mindset, but like for me, I find that I I am so much str- I'm so much better at what I do when I've already made my nut for the day. When I wake up and I've already made a sale and I'm like, "All right, we already paid for today." So now I'm just working for free at this point, but I just happen to be getting paid.
0: I'll give you an example of that as well. One of my employees, one of my best employees, she worked at she had a side job and my boss asked me, "Why does she have to work at Vitamin shop or something for $9 an hour. Because I said, because she knows that she's limited by how much money she can make here. Like, she, we need to let her work and enjoy her life outside of work because she knows she can make so much more outside of the job that we're paying her for. And he was like, I, I don't understand. And he will never understand why we do this, no matter what race, no matter what culture. At the end of the day, you have to do what's best for your family. And I understand that. And I wish I understood that two years ago when we had her, because she was amazing. But I understand that now, why she did
1: that.
0: Yeah. If I could pay them the world, I would, but I can't. So I tell them that one yeah. time.
2: Right. And something similar to this, Anthony, you said, when you get out of debt, you aren't just helping yourself. Everyone around you gets put in a better position. If you are rich, your friends and family
0: will be in better positions. Yeah. So when we got out of debt, the first thing we did was, I said I wanted to give my church a thousand dollars a month, and we've been doing that for a consistent year um, now, a year and uh, a month. Every single month we donate a thousand dollars to church, our tithe, and then now we can also donate to our friends. We've had friends who had situations where we decided we were going to pay for that situation for them. We had family we was like, you we know, we're going to pay this for that situation for them. We had um, Christmas gifts. We was just like, you know what, we're going to give every you know family member you know two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars because we had it. So we were able to budget more, you know, that we were going to debt. We we were spending four or five thousand dollars on debt. We said, we're gonna give that to friends, family, church, giving, tithing, whatever it may be. So you put your family around you in a much better position, so that now they can not just monetarily, they can also see what you are doing, and now they're motivated to do the same as well.
1: So speaking of that. A lot of people on Twitter are like downplaying the hustle and they're talking about, Oh man, you got to protect your health. You got to do all this. Like you shouldn't be working that hard. What's your take on hustle culture and hustle culture?
0: I think hustle culture is relative to what you're doing. Me and my wife, we're not outside the house every single day. I think hustle culture depends on, you know, um, your circumstances. She works at Equinox on weekends, but outside from that, most of our income is in our home, it's online, it's through our cleaning business. I think we need to figure out what makes the most sense for our situation. If you have time, dedicate your time to make more money. If you don't have time, figure out something where you could do from home. We had people who start vir- who, who started virtual assistant company. It's like, you know what, I can't leave my house, so I'm gonna become a virtual assistant. So they work for other companies who are virtual assistants. Right? I said, I want them to work for us. But they can't do that right now. Anyway, but you you can find ways to make money outside just leaving your house, and I think that's the biggest part of it. Hustle hustle culture doesn't mean just picking up an, another five to ten job. You have kids, you have family. I totally get it. My wife understands it. There's ways to make money outside that. We just gotta figure it out for different people.
1: Raphael, what's your take on hustle culture? Um, I think I think the name sucks. By the way, I don't think it should be called hustle culture. It's like a, a derogatory name. for well, hustle is yeah, definitely. a derogatory name as well, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, but the people that
2: put those two words together definitely mean in a de- derogatory way. Mm-hmm. People that don't want to give up their weekends, they don't want to give up clubbing and partying. And I remember a couple of days ago, we saw people talking about hustle culture is literally, literally killing people out here.
1: Like, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> they shouldn't be are they dying? <laughs> there's no That's intense. nobody in the ghetto is nobody in the ghetto is dying because they hustle too hard. <laughs> That's intense, man. It's like, come on, man. It's
2: like if you know you 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 got yourself in hundred and fourteen thousand dollars worth of debt, you better hustle, man. You ain't going you ain't getting out of it. You're not you're not gonna uh like Dave Ramsey, you're not gonna wander out of debt. Yeah. You can't just be like, uh, ah, well, I'll just add a little bit here, I'll add a little bit here, and I'll be good. No, nah, you better get at it, because otherwise
0: you'll be drowning for the rest of your life. You were right. intentional getting in that debt, so you got to be intentional getting, getting out of it.
1: And, and not only that, this might sound kind of crazy, but I saw the there's a post, and there was the two graves, and it had like the mansion, <laughs> and it had like a shack. <laughs> and they said... Right. You know, like, oh, when they both die, they're going to go into the same hole. And they're like, but his family's going to inherit a mansion. And so let's say, hypothetically speaking, you hustle and you die. At least mm-hmm. you left your, your, your kid better off. Like, your kids are going to be better off for your hustle. I don't think that that's necessarily the case because people out there, you see it like people out there who are hustling. They're also hustling in the gym. They're staying physically fit. They're also out there eating right. They're probably vegan or on a, on a, ve- a very good diet like they're intentional about everything in their life, not just their finances. They're like, what can I do to make sure that I'm maximizing and performing at peak levels across the board? It's not just, I'm lazy here, but I'm excelling here. How you do anything is how you do everything. So. Yeah.
2: Plus the, um, in that situation, the poor guy, his family is probably having a GoFundMe <laughs> right.
0: to go fund me. Right. That's one of my biggest fears, man. I swear to God, I was, When I first saw GoFundMe, it was more, it was for a funeral or something like that. I said, I don't want to leave my family in that position. I said, Lord willing, God forbid that happens. I don't want my family having to beg for anything to bury me at a bare minimum.
1: Yeah.
2: Yep. So Charles, you you said, I think this is a good one for this uh, episode. The bar to self-employment is so low, fam. If you can make a hundred dollars <laughs> per day on your own, you can work
1: for yourself. Uh, I mean, the average, average apartments for like 1500 bucks. Um, so if you can make 3000, you can at least put a roof over your head. And if you can put a roof over your head, you can basically work for yourself. And it's so easy to make a hundred bucks per day. It's just a matter of like putting those systems in place and kicking it out and being aggressive and intentional about it per day. Chris is out of making a thousand dollars per day. So,
0: shit, I swear um, to God, I was I, when I saw when I saw your, your your um your payout for Gumra, I showed her. I was like, you you worried about um me discounting our course, but we just made five hundred dollars, which was four hundred dollars more than what we made six five five months ago because we be we were being intentional about this stuff now. So she's understanding it, and I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You be more intentional about your marketing and is what you're yeah. doing. You we'll buy into it.
1: And it creates consistency. The reason why I like $50 Fridays is I know I'm getting sales on Friday. I might not get sales money through Thursday, but I know I'm getting sales on Friday. And that sale is going to bump it up um, to whatever number I need it to be for that week. But yeah, Yeah, the bar bar is low. And I was actually, I was talking about doing the freedom math. And that it's like, if you know what the bar is, if your bar is four grand, you got to reverse that of that. And it's like, how many doors is that? Is that eight doors? Is that nine doors? Is that 10 doors? And then it's like, okay, well, now I got to get 10 doors. And now I got to get the funding for 10 doors. Now I got to find 10 deals. And then I'm free. And after that, then we're good to go. Give me some order. And the good thing about um, your example from earlier,
2: when you were saying um, running the $50 Fridays and getting more sales, even though it's a much lower price. Since it's digital, digital, your cost of goods doesn't go up. I mean, it's Very the same point. price for you. You already made it a while back, so yep. it's not costing yep. you more for for more sales. So, same cost. It's actually a bigger margin because you you're getting more um more sales.
1: Yeah. And also, one of the things is just expanding your brand. You got to get those strangers, man. A lot of times, like another thing is strangers are probably going to spend a little bit of money with you because they haven't been following for so long. And so it's going to be very difficult to get somebody who doesn't know you from Joe to pay you a thousand dollars to pay you $500, but you might be able to get them to pay you 50 bucks. And then you've just got another person in your, in your network. And that's, and there's so many more people out there outside of the maybe thousands that follow you. Like there's still millions of people out there that you can still be getting money from.
0: That was my biggest challenge early on. I was like, well, why, why are not my friends and family supporting what I'm doing? I was like, you know what? They may not be my market. And I also, kn- I also don't know as many people as I'm marketing to." So my goal was to get more people. When I get a sale from a friend and family, I feel like it's a zero sale because they're going to support me regardless. Mm-hmm. But when I started to focus on people who didn't know me, that's when our sales started rocketing.
1: Yep, 100%. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
2: So, Charles, you said. Um, and I think this is a this is good uh, theme for this whole episode.
1: You are where you are because of how you think. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, It's it's a lot. It's a lot that goes into that. I yeah. think, <clears throat> and there's probably you guys probably didn't think this was the the inception of that tweet, but there's been a lot of conversation on Twitter about paying half of the rent
0: oh god don't do that don't go there we oh, had man. a conversation about this too as well we should, we yeah. should uh, talk
2: about this earlier
0: yeah remember yeah. I, ain't gonna, anthony, I ain't gonna leave that alone anthony
2: long. did yeah i saw you comment in on that me too um
0: nah another episode another episode I'll
2: leave you right, right 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 Come on, late in the episode for this one this <laughs> was a big one this was a big one
1: this was a big but, one uh, there's a lot to be said about that one yeah, so, but I mean, that, that's kind of what it was. I mean, that yeah. plus like the people who keep making excuses about why they can't get it. It's like, well, that's probably why you don't have it. Like you're finding all the reasons you, you are, you're finding what makes whatever the excuse is for why you don't have what you want. And so I'm realizing it's your mindset. It's your thought process. There's those of us who are gonna hit a wall where a contractor walks off and we still gotta find a way. I still gotta get the house done. But if I was somebody who had to have everything perfect, I wouldn't have anything i was talking to i work with an attorney who literally is from detroit but owns no real estate in detroit and so i was talking to him and i was like um because i'm my goal was to start doing some deals home in la and he was saying like oh yeah i think la isn't really a flip market i think it's more of like a rental market and he was like but in like in detroit detroit's more like a rental market and he was like because i mean you have but he was kind of listing all the reasons why he wouldn't rent in detroit because he was like oh people might not pay on time It might be hard to get tenants are expensive. And I was like, I'm willing to fight through all that stuff. And that's what we own. What we own. You see that stuff as a reason to, to not do it. And that's why you, you lived in the city and don't own anything. I'm willing to sit there and maybe the rent might not come on the first. It might not come on the third. Maybe I might have to deal with somebody who isn't the most intellectually sharp, but that's a part of being an owner like people who own businesses they got employees who might not be as sharp or as bright as him but that's a part of being the owner and so yes. that's just one thing i realized is like he's limited just because of how he thinks how he approaches obstacles and i just am not
2: mm. boss <laughs> so <laughs> last tweet before we wrap it up and this goes for everybody Charles tweeted, I would recommend following people who are doing it successfully, not your single, broke, and opinionated
1: friends. Oh, man. He always, he
0: always you, finds
1: these tweets.
0: You could have just said, you just said follow people who are doing it the way you, you, following people who do it the way you want to do it or something. Why well, you had to go there?
2: <laughs>
1: On uh, Twitter I, man, I, I, I know. Man. It's like a major I want to pick
2: I want to pick it for tweet talk if it was
1: <laughs> <laughs> No but I I'm I'm noticing like that's the common theme like I put out the, the tweet before that was like if you look at the people who are doing it well the couples who are doing it well it's not yeah. on some like oh that's your responsibility oh I don't do that oh like they're all out there like how can we make it happen how can we get this done and that's why they're accomplishing their goals there's a lot of power in marriage there's a lot of power in that unity and there's a lot of power in approaching things as, as two people going after it. But I see so many people who, they don't really have that mentality for some reason. They're more so in it, like, what can you do for me? And I always tell people, like, my marriage improved when I stopped looking at what can I get out of it and started looking at what can I give to it? How much can I invest into it? Like, my goal is to over-index in the marriage, not to just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm giving 50. You got 50 on this? Like, no, like, I'm going to yeah. give 120. Give, if you give 10, cool. If not, I'm going to still give 120. And we're going to make it work. And what I'm finding is, like, people would rather go to all these. Because you see, like, the thing about a viral tweet is you don't know who's tweeting it. You don't know who's retweeting it. You don't know who's liking it. And so you have all these girls who look like borderline strippers out here giving us life advice and relationship marks. Like, I think that's a problem. I don't want to follow their advice. I'm over here looking at how did Sandy and how did uh, Pocky do it? How did Kendra and how did they do it? Like, those people that I'm watching, I'm not watching, like, celebrity housewives give me advice on life and that's just how I am like follow the success and it's not just as it pertains to relationships it's as it pertains to anything I'm always following success if I see like for example I use Gumroad for e-com sales but you can't use e-com you can't use Gumroad for consultations and so I think I saw Anthony put up this thing and it was about booking consultations. And I was like, I think they're able to charge and book through this platform because I use a platform where they can book me, but they can't pay me. And so I I went to their link, I clicked through it. I was like, okay, this is what I need. And so then I'm going to copy that. I'm going to just follow that path and I'm going to implement it into my business so now I can charge for consultations because I've lost money because I haven't been able to offer consultations. And I'm just following success. If Anthony's like, hey, this is how... We manage our finances. Hey, this is how we do this. Any successful at that? I'm following success. I don't care who's successful. I'm following it because the goal is success. The goal is not to be liked. The goal is not to do what's cool, what's hot, what's popular, what's in a rap song. The goal is success. So that's me.
0: No, I agree with you. I think um, same thing for us as well. We uh, follow this. I follow the steps that I see people doing who are already successful at it. When it comes to that, when it came to, like, that tweet itself, I was like, you know, I'm going to follow Todd, Billy, because I know it makes sense for what we're trying to do. He's, doing, he's already doing what I want to do. I don't know if I can get to Chris right now, but I know I get, if I follow Todd, who's going to where Chris is going to be, I'm going to get there. He's like, well, I'm going to do a 20 for 20 because Chris is doing it. I'm like, well, I'm going to do 20 for 20 because you're doing it. And to me, that makes sense. Hello? My wife is just lit. she's on the couch now. She's listening to us. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do that, and it makes sense. We had the mo- we had our most core sales in a day because we did the twenty for twenty. And then we had our most core sales in a week because we did the twenty for twenty. So I was like, I'm going to follow people who are doing what what I want to do or where I want to be because it makes sense for me. When I when I first started cleaning, business, like you know what I'm going to follow this kid because he did ten thousand in a month. I'm not going to do ten thousand a month, and now we're doing twenty thousand a month. So. To me, it makes sense to follow people who are already doing what you want to do or they're already at where you want to be.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that kind of it, it a lot of people just follow who is close to them. So they're like, oh, my homeboys are doing this. So I'm, I'm just going to try to fit in. And I've never really been that person. I've always kind of looked at people who are older than me because they have already kind of lived through what I've lived through. And so I think that's very important because you don't want to get in the habit of just following people just because. They might look like you when they're around. Like, I've done that as a young age. Like, oh, we're wearing tall tees now. So I guess we're wearing tall tees. We're wearing <laughs> <your> do rags. <laughs> right. So it's like, I don't, I've never, I don't want to, I don't want to like live like that where I'm measuring myself against my peers because my peers don't know anything. They don't know where they're going. Like, mm-hmm. and, and the crazy thing about life these days is success isn't really age based, success is success based. And so there's people who are 24 who are ahead of you and you still got to follow them. The people who are, 45, and they're ahead of you. The people who were 18, they're ahead of you. So, we're following those moves, not just saying, like, oh, you're older, so you know better.
0: Nah, it's over for that, man. We got the guy that's selling the do-rags. He's out here cooking, man. That's right. What it, he's cooking. There's a kid who's 18, doing options, making great
1: mm-hmm. bread. So.
2: You know, we've been talking about the 12-year-old earlier, but. I forget. I forget this kid's real name. This kid's name, but you know we've been watching this Spurgo kid grow up on Instagram, yeah. man. And mm-hmm. This kid is moving. He's moving products. He's really? got all these rappers are wearing his stuff, man. He is. You no, know, he's hooking up with like E.T. Um, Eric, Eric Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, I'm like, we yep. watching him grow up, man. Growing up, i making that money.
1: But the crazy thing about it is, do you think he's working any harder working his own business than he would if he was working at like McDonald's? It's probably about the same amount of effort, but he's making so much more money. He's making so much more money by just having his own business. And that's why I'm so pro business and not pro job. I saw a Dr. Clyde Anderson post and it reminded me of something i said for a while. And I think he might have posted it, Raphael. And it said, like, Black Americans don't need more jobs, they need more businesses. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. business income is unlimited. Your job's probably never going to pay you 200 grand a year. Maybe if you're like 50, they'll pay you 200 grand a year maybe if you've been there for a while and if you have a JD of a bunch of student loan debt, maybe they'll pay 200 grand a year, but your business will pay 200 grand, whether you have any of those credentials and a lot of us don't have those credentials. So therefore a lot of us need to be looking to get into business, not to get people to like us because I put out something that is really, I think probably one of the most insightful things I've written is it's a lot easier to start a business than it is to, to make six figures on a job, but the job is going to get, but the business will get you to six figures. But people are so focused on getting a job and jumping through those hoops instead of just getting out there. And I I made that quote because I was I walked into a nail shop and the nail shop literally was just a table and a chair. (laughs) It's a table and a chair. (laughs) And they probably make bread. Asians make bread out of those nail shops. But you have somebody out there who's like, oh no, I gotta be a doctor so I can make good money. No, you see the table and a chair, that costs you you probably rent a table and a chair and you're in business. You can go shine some shoes. You're in business. We got to be focused more on getting into business because a lot easier to go into business than it is to make six figures in a world where people might not want to give you anything.
0: Man, we do consulting for cleaning for cleaning business potential owners, and they're like, we work with a company, uh, a couple out in Chicago, and they're like, well, we're only making you know a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars for the first two three months. I was like, our first month we made fourteen. We had 14 bookings, which amounted to about $150, $150 something like that. I was like, by our sixth booking, we had 40 bookings, which brought us like, you know, five, $6,000. Wow. And I was like, by the end of that year, we were making $10,000 a month. I was like, it's not going to be easy. But as long as you keep pushing, you'll get where you want to be. Like, don't right. give up because it's hard right now. Just keep working. You'll get there. So now we're doing, you know, 115 bookings a month. See, but that took two years. It's not easy. We had, a, we had a conversation yesterday with a shorty that she's like, well, I don't know how easy this is going to be. I was like, it's not going to be easy at all. You're not going to get this in five months. It's going to take some time. But now it's more reoccurring income where we're bringing in, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month. So it's going to be hard, but you got to keep pushing. Yeah. And people don't want to do that work. They're like, you know what? I thought it was going to be easy. Um, I want to do this now. It's not going to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. We know that.
1: Hmm.
2: All right, so we're going to wrap it up. You, say, you said the wife is home now? Oh, yeah, she's there. Yeah, so the question remains, why didn't he make the chicken, man? Why didn't he make the <laughs> chicken, babe?
0: Wow. That's a lie <laughs> <video. laughs> I didn't
2: throw that out there.
0: Listen, listen. It's a valid question, though. So the chicken wasn't made because we didn't plan for the chicken to no, be made. How we? It was All right, this is my podcast. This ain't yours. This ain't yours. <laughs> right, 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 right. Listen. <laughs> The chicken wasn't made because we had a plan for the sugar to be made. We have a game plan, and the plan was off track at the end of the day. <laughs>
2: I know I made this podcast get off track now. Right? So, anyway, we got Anthony Hartzog tonight, special guest. Just a reminder, he will be speaking at the Black Man Building Wealth virtual conference. Go get your tickets if you're listening. It's on Eventbrite. That's Black Man Building Wealth virtual conference. Check him out on IG. What's the IG?
0: The IG is The Hartrimony. So that's T-H-E-H-A-R-T-R-I-M-O-N-Y. It's a play on our last name. Um, Matrimony plus Hartzog equals The Hartrimony. Yeah, you can find everything about us there.
1: And he also changed his, his Twitter name.
0: Oh, yeah. So, an influencer <laughs> was like, you're talking about so much more now outside of your fraternity. It's like, just give that up. So, I was like, it made sense right before the ABC, ABC joint. And what's the Twitter handle? Twitter is Anthony Hardzog uh, on Twitter. Anthony underscore. t z o g. yep. Yep, Anthony underscore Hardzog. Correct. I'm still getting used to it, so. I had Rockstar 1906 to 2008 or something. Oh, right. That was your name. Okay. Yep. Okay. She was like, give it up. So I gave it up.
2: Yeah. So uh, definitely check him out. Follow him on IG. Follow him on Twitter. Make sure you get the uh, No Nonsense Guide to debt Freedom. Freedom. Right. No Nonsense Guide to debt Freedom uh if you listen to this podcast as you know you can follow me and charles on twitter rafael at work money life on twitter and charles at todd billy T O D D B I L L I. it's still todd billy right for Trilly, now
0: todd truly you can go for that <laughs>
2: <laughs> billy pablo the third you know he's todd billy on twitter he's charles at home he's chance at Starbucks.
0: I saw that too.
1: (laughs) On
2: Instagram, he's partnered with Millie. uh, Also at uh, Todd.capital on Instagram. And you can follow the show on Instagram. I think we're going to change it on Instagram. Really? Yeah. I think we're going to go with Tweet Talk Podcast on Instagram. Let's make it simple. Simplify everything, try to streamline it. So follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Okay, so also um, check oh, out Plus Black Man. All right, Bless Batman on IG. And <laughs> shout out to show sponsors. We got invest as a team. So go to investasateam.com and get your uh your gear, your merchandise if you're a boss and you're ready to partner up with everybody. And for sure, go um Gumroad.com slash Todd Capital. Get that um, group economics starter kit. Big bang <laughs> for your buck. Four products in one. Cannot beat that. Cannot beat that. Shout out to Get Laced. Get your uh, custom shoelaces. For your kit. Uh, who, else?
1: who else be we showing that? Uh Charles? Erica Classic Klein. Check her out on YouTube. Also, Hood Estates. Terry Igioma, I'm an investor. The Trade and Travel Platform. Also, check out the Charm City Buyers Next Gen platform. So we're working with them and they're doing some really cool stuff in Baltimore. Uh, Man, I think that's it. I think that's it. Pretty much.
2: Okay, so with special guests, Anthony Hartzog, Raphael and Charles, Tweet Talk, we are out.
1: Cool. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Tweet Talk. To connect with Raphael and Charles on social media, hit him up on Instagram at workmoneylife and at Todd Billy. And come get some more of these bars at at Blackwell Tweet Talk, at Millie and at bless a black man now if you want to send in a voice message go to anchor.fm forward slash tweet talk forward slash message and of course you can always support the podcast at anchor.fm forward slash tweet talk forward slash support until then remember don't be a little b build a business
2: we out